We'll be turning this afternoon to the Gospel of John, chapter 20. Gospel of John, chapter 20, and we'll just be reading verses 11 down to verse 18. This is after Christ's crucifixion and tells of the disciples and Mary coming to see the sepulcher. So, this is the word of God, John 20, verse 11. But Mary stood without at the sepulcher, weeping. And as she wept, she stooped down and looked into the sepulcher, and seeth two angels in white sitting the one at the head and the other at the feet, where the body of Jesus had lain. And they say unto her, Woman, why weepest thou? She saith unto them, Because they have taken away my Lord, and I know not where they have laid him. And when she had thus said, she turned herself back and saw Jesus standing and knew not that it was Jesus. Jesus saith unto her, Woman, why weepest thou? Whom seekest thou? She, supposing him to be the gardener, saith unto him, Sir, if thou have borne him hence, tell me where thou hast laid him, and I will take him away. Jesus saith unto her, Mary. She turned herself and saith unto him, Rabboni, which is to say, Master. Jesus saith unto her, Touch me not, for I am not yet ascended to my father. But go to my brethren, and say unto them, I ascend unto my father, and your father, and to my God, and your God. Mary Magdalene came and told the disciples that she had seen the Lord and that he had spoken these things unto her. With the word of God open before us, let's all bow in a word of prayer. Our dear Father in heaven, Lord, we thank you for bringing us here again and giving us this opportunity to worship and to praise you. Lord, I pray that you would bless the time that we have. Lord, I pray that you would draw us closer to you through, the, through your word. Lord, I pray that you would teach us to love you more. Lord, I pray that you would guide us and prepare us for this next week. Lord, we thank you for today and for the blessing that it has been to our souls. Lord, I pray that you would bless us and guide us today. I pray this in thy son's holy and precious name. Amen. There are few characters in the New Testament that show more devotion to Jesus Christ during his ministry than Mary Magdalene. From the time she was converted by Christ when he cast out seven demons from her, to Christ's resurrection, she shows a lot of what it means to be devoted to Christ. During Christ's ministry, we see her ministering to him and to his disciples. And then at his crucifixion, we see her also standing afar off at Christ's crucifixion. And then at his resurrection, she is the first to see the empty tomb and to witness Christ after he had risen from the dead. So I think it is fair to say that she was very devoted to Christ. In the passage we read, we see this exemplified more than in any other passage. The events of John 20 take place on the third day after Christ's crucifixion. Joseph of Arimathea had taken Jesus' body and with the help of Nicodemus wrapped it in linen, intending to anoint it with ointment and spices. But since the Sabbath was fast approaching, they only had enough time to wrap Jesus' body and then set it in the sepulcher. So, on the morning of the day, after the Sabbath, Mary Magdalene, along with a few other women, take the spices and ointment Nicodemus had bought to anoint Christ's body. 
It is likely, considering how each of the Gospels recount the story, that they came not in a group together, but in sets of women, with Mary Magdalene coming earliest, then with Mary, the mother of James, and a few others not far behind, which is why John, in the first few verses of the chapter we read from, does not mention all the others. He just mentions Mary Magdalene. So, then as they approach... a a great earthquake, as Matthew tells us, occurs. As, as Mary Magdalene and the others are approaching, there's this a massive earthquake. And then, as Matthew tells us, the angel of the Lord comes down and rolls the stone away, revealing the fact that Christ had risen from the dead. This angel then tells the woman, as we see in Matthew 28, Fear not ye, for I know that ye seek Jesus which was crucified. He is not here, for he is risen, as he said. Come, see the place where the Lord lay, and go quickly and tell his disciples that he is risen from the dead. And so, hearing this joyful news, they run to tell the disciples with joy. But as we see from Mark's account, that joy is mixed with fear, for they tell no one until they reach the disciples. And evidently, as they move along, that fear turns into doubt. For the message they bring to the disciples is that they have taken away the Lord out of the sepulcher, and we know not where they laid him. Because the angel had told them that Jesus is not here, he is risen. And so, to verify this, Peter and John run to the tomb where the body of Jesus had been. And when they see the linen without Christ's body, they believe the report of the women, that someone has taken away the body of the Lord. For as verses 8 and 9 says of John 20, John sees and believes, for as yet they knew not the scripture that he must rise again from the dead. They knew not what had yet happened. They do not yet understand, and so they leave the sepulcher, as verse 10 says. But then we come to the passage we have just finished reading, and we see Mary alone, weeping bitter tears. Her devotion to Christ has, has led her to stay, and if possible, to seek out where the Lord's body had been taken. The devotion she showed here is something each and every one of us should seek to model in our lives. And so today, I would like to preach on devotion to Christ and to do that, I will attempt to highlight three characteristics of her devotion to Christ. And the first is that it sprang from gratitude. The spring was from gratitude. In Luke 8, verse 2, we read that Mary had been healed from demon possession, something that was incurable. And so the severity of the disease also was, was great. It says that there was seven demons, so there was a lot of them. So, the principle of those that have been saved from much will also love much is in play here. Luke seven forty seven tells the story of the woman that had been saved from much and comes to Christ and breaks the alabaster bo box of ointment and, and puts that on the Lord's feet and then washes his feet with, with her hair. And he teaches his disciples and those present that this woman had been saved from much. Her sins had been forgiven 
which were much. And for that reason, she loved the Lord greatly. And the same thing is true here with Mary Magdalene. She had been saved from demon possession, which was something that was very great. And also, on top of that, she had been saved from hell. She had been saved from eternal punishment. So she knew that she had been saved from much. For that reason, she was grateful to the Lord. And that gratitude motivated her to do whatever she could for Christ and for his disciples. For we see her ministering to them, along with the other women in Luke 8, verse 3, ministering to them of their substance. She is here giving back to the Lord whatever she can, and it's out of a heart of gratitude. But she doesn't stop with just that. It is apparent that she continues on doing what she can, because we also see her at the cross, as I said before. In John 19.25, she is standing by the cross, close enough to where Jesus can speak to her. And then on the day of Christ's resurrection, she is the first to come to Jesus' sepulcher, and she is the last to leave. So why? As I said, it is because she is devoted. But that devotion springs from gratefulness. And so she's not leaving until she finds the Lord's body. Her love for her Lord motivated her to seek him. But when she was seeking his body, it was still him she was seeking. She wanted to be near to him. When you lose someone dear to you, whatever strongly reminds you of them is what you want to be near to and hold on to. And for Mary, that was Christ's body. It was something like being near the living Christ once again. So the main thing here is her devotion to Christ that led her to seek his body sprung from gratitude. And so as we contemplate the state of our own devotion to Christ, we should ask ourselves the question, are we grateful? For if our devotion is minimal, if it's small, our gratefulness will also be small. So let me ask you, each one of you, what does your devotion to Christ look like? Do you actively seek Christ with the intensity that Mary does here? When you feel the absence of the closeness with Christ, does that make you want more than anything else to seek him out, to pray and to read God's word and to do anything to be near to Christ? And, or are you fine with just the status quo of living a life that is short in its devotion to Christ? This is something that we all as Christians have to battle with in our life. And it can be easy, it can be very easy in our lives to, to forget to be grateful because for those that have been saved for a long time it can be easy to forget the things that we were saved from I was saved when I was seven so for me it is it is difficult to remember what it was like to not be saved I have I never remember much of what the terror of knowing that if I died tomorrow, then I would go to hell. 
And also, on top of that, since I was saved at a young age, I never experienced deep sin. I didn't know what it meant to be to be lost. And so for, for many Christians, I believe it is easy to fall into that too. We forget what we have been saved from. Because what we have been saved from is, is twofold. It's firstly what we have saved, been saved from in this life, which is a life devoid of Christ, a life devoid of meaningful hope. And then also it's what we have been saved from in the life to come, which is eternity in hell. As Christians, that is what we have been saved from. And considering that, what we have been saved from should motivate us towards gratitude. Mary knew very clearly what she had been saved from. She knew she was saved from a life of slavery to sin through demon possession, and she knew she had been saved from the wrath of to come. So if you ever feel a lack of gratitude for what Christ has done in your life, I would urge you to contemplate those two things. And so regardless of how our struggles in this life differ with others, everyone apart from Christ would experience God's wrath in all its fullness. And so we should never forget what Christ has done for us. And considering these things should be a constant reminder of our need for Christ. For without him, we have nothing. Before Christ came into our lives, we were helpless. We had nothing. We were on a road towards hell. But then Christ stepped into our lives and we were changed, born again. Let us never forget that. We should be forever grateful for what Christ has done in our lives. And in being grateful, be devoted to him. But a second characteristic we see from Mary Magdalene is the strength of her devotion. It was strong. Look down at John 20, verses, 20 through, verses 12 through 15. It reads, And she seeth and seeth two angels in white, sitting the one at the head and the other at the feet, where the body of Jesus had lain. And they say unto her, Woman, why weepest thou? She saith unto them, Because they have taken away my Lord, and I know not where they have laid him. And when she had said thus, she turned herself back and saw Jesus standing, and knew not that it was Jesus. Jesus saith unto her, Woman, why weepest thou? Whom seekest thou? And here's the point that I would like us to get here for this part. She, supposing him to be the gardener, saith unto her, him, Sir, if thou have borne him hence, tell me where thou hast laid him, and I will take him away. I will take him away. The angels ask her for the cause of her weeping, and she tells them. I think she probably does not recognize them as angels at this point, similar, similar to how she doesn't immediately recognize Jesus. So when they ask her the question in verse uh, 12 or 13, It may be that they are attempting to remind her of the angel's message before of how Christ was already risen. There may be a little bit more to the conversation between them, but either way, the next thing we read is that after she responds, she turns and sees what she thinks is the gardener. 
most think, she turns because the angel's eyes, as they're talking with Mary, they move to focus on Jesus Christ, who is behind them and behind her. And perhaps as they notice Jesus, stand at attention, ready for orders. But whatever the cause for her turning to, to see Jesus, she still believes she is the, he is the head gardener, as we already read. And so here we, and so as we read, we have that courageous response from her that I will take him away. I think it's clear that the, one of the reasons that she sought out Christ's body was because she believed that whoever had taken it had done it for evil purposes. And she was not going to let that happen. I believe she thought that either the Jews or the Romans had taken it and were going to do something nefarious with it. But as I said, she's not going to let that happen. In a moment of passion, she says, I will take him away. Here, Mary has a kind of lioness courage, a courage to, to dash in and fight for the Lord in whatever way she could. And here in this moment where everyone else had gone and, and no one was still there, everyone had gone back to where they were and were retreating from the Jews. But Mary is still here seeking the Lord. The strength of her devotion was great. And this kind of, of zealous courage to do what others are afraid of doing is something that is rather hard to find in our day. Most would shy away immediately at the thought of doing something that might per be perceived as, as really zealous. And really, I think there are two things at play here. The first is we don't want to look different. We want to be considered well by others around us. Sometimes we can have the thought that being zealous is unwanted in our day, especially by the unsaved. They don't want to be reminded of, of where they are. And then also there is, there is fear. The fear of being looked at as different, as someone that you don't want to be around because being zealous challenges others to be also zealous. And so with these two things in mind, there are many that shy away from this kind of zealous courage that, that Mary shows here. But instead, she, when everyone else had gone, she was still there. She was seeking Christ and said, whatever is required of me, I will do it. I don't think she understood quite what it meant, I will take his body away. Because if you think about it, a, a limp body actually weighs quite a bit. And by yourself, it would take a lot to carry. And odds are Mary couldn't have done it by herself. But still, she said, I will do it. 
Whatever it takes, I'm going to do it. Maybe she was, wouldn't have been able to do it either way if she'd come to it. But still, the willingness is there. And that is the point that we have to take away from this. That we must be willing to do what God requires of us. But in so doing, in being devoted to Christ, there is the support of our devotion. The support of our devotion is seen down in verse 15, in Christ's response to her. In verse 10 we read, Jesus saith unto her, Woman, why weepest thou? Whom seekest thou? He's trying to encourage her. He's trying to work it out of her. What are you, what are you doing? And then in verse 16, she's, we read, Jesus saith unto her, Mary. In a voice she knew so well, she knew in a moment exactly who it was. And with just that one word, she was comforted. She says back to him, Rabboni, which means master. She knew him to be her Lord. Evidently, after she says this, she runs to him, clinging to his feet, but apparently in a manner deemed inappropriate by Christ, for he says to her, Touch me not, for I am not yet ascended. You know, we might see this and think, What? For we see in another passage where the other group of women who meet Christ along the way are allowed to do so, are allowed to touch his feet. But the key is in his response to what he is meaning by this. He says, I am not yet ascended to my father. And this, I think, is a foreshadowing of what he would teach her and all of the other disciples just before his ascension. In Matthew 28, verse 20, we read of this. After giving his disciples the great commission, he says to them, Lo, I am with you always even unto the end of the world. Even though he would no longer be physically present with them, he would be with them spiritually. And he would send them the Holy Spirit to aid them. And so this, I think, is what he is teaching Mary. That you don't need my physical presence with you. Although it is a great encouragement. I will always be with you in spirit after I ascend. And I think that is what Christ is trying to teach her, to support her in her devotion. And so her devotion to Christ was not left unrewarded. It received comfort. And that's because he is a rewarder of those that diligently seek him. And so where are you in your devotion to Christ? Do you feel a, a distance? How long was it since you really felt his presence in prayer or in worship? For the Christian, the closeness that Mary sought should be something we should all seek. And in those times when we are downtrodden as Mary was in front of the sepulcher weeping, if we diligently seek him, the Lord is not far. And in any case, he was never really far. It's just that our perception of his distance was great. For he will never leave us 
nor forsake us. But there will be times where we will feel a distance, where we cry out, where have they taken my Lord? Where is he? And God allows those times to draw us nearer to him so that he may comfort us to grow our devotion to him. After this experience, I think it's reasonable to say that Mary's devotion was not weakened, but strengthened. And so this passage is a challenge and a comfort to every one of us. For how often do we forget what God has done for us? How often do we lack the courage to zealously seek Christ? But let us not turn aside from these things. God puts the recognitions of our, dis- of our distance from Christ to drive us to seek him, to motivate us to seek where there is true comfort. And so let us all devote ourselves to Christ and he will draw us near to him. Draw nigh to him and he will draw nigh to you. Nearer, still nearer to Christ our Savior. Let's close with a word of prayer. Our dear Father in heaven, Lord, as we consider this passage, we admit that Our own devotion to you is but weak and faint at times. Lord, we pray that you would strengthen our devotion and that you would remind us of what you have given to us. Remind us, O Lord, of what we should be grateful for. Lord, I pray that we would seek your presence in our lives. Lord, I pray that you would give us more opportunities to to do exploits for you. And Lord, I pray that you would give us the courage to do them. Lord, I pray that you would guide us in each of our lives. Lord, I pray that you would comfort us and draw us near to you. Lord, we thank you for all that you have done for us and for what you will continue to do. We pray these things in thy son's holy and precious name. Amen.